I had worked at Rockview Hospital when I was younger as a nurse. And so I said, going to Rockview Hospital, come on, I'm going to go there. And then just because I hear these voices, I said, there must be something else that's going on. You're listening to Garifuna Sisters Talk Spirituality. Okay, I have had a sip of water. Your face is a water. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Hey fam, my name is Kylie Simone and I'm here with my sister, Feroza Cayetano, and welcome to Garifuna Sisters Talk Spirituality. The Garifuna are an Afro-Indigenous people native to the Caribbean and we're doing this podcast to dive into the spirituality aspect of our culture. Okay, so this episode is coming out on an off week, if you notice. Usually our idea is that we want to put out an episode every two weeks, but for the month of April, because it's the month of survival day or arrival day, right? We talked about this in our history episode where we celebrate the day that we arrived in Honduras from Yurume, from St. Vincent, and we survived the journey. We survived the crossing. That's a really big deal, April 12th. So in honor of that, for the month of April, we're going to come out with a new episode every Sunday, just for April and maybe November in honor of Settlement Day. And these episodes that are coming out will be what we've been teasing for the past couple of months, which are episodes that are centered on storytelling. You know, these are the Garifuna spirituality practitioners sharing their story, like how they were called, how do they know, how do they reach acceptance, like, you know, what is their thing? So today's episode is with Harold Zinniga. He's a family friend. We love him. I've known him all my life. And when we did this episode, it was the first time that I was really hearing about this side of him. Mm. Um, I had seen him in the Dabuyaba in Barranco a couple years ago before our journey started. Mm. I was just kind of, you know, looking like, ooh, what you talking about? Shafiye, what? <laughs> Bouye, what? Cool. <laughs> I was just a spectator, but he was doing some things and he talks about that. So, yeah. Yeah. Kylie Simone, how are you doing on this uh, full moon? It's Easter. I'm trying to relax a little bit. All right. This episode comes out on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. So happy Easter to people in the future. Yes. Who are listening to this episode um, on Easter Sunday or maybe afterwards. How are you, Steph? I'm tired with this panoramic panoramic pan pandemic i i said what i said oh <laughs> i said what i said and i meant what i said how am i i am making art for the sake of making art so that i don't lose my mind in this panoramic hey pandemic. <laughs> yeah but i'm really excited for this episode um i've listened to it a bunch of times while editing it and it's just so cool it's so cool it is very cool Part of me when listening to this episode was like, wow, I want to be like Harold Zinnega when I grow up. Just in terms of like healing. We sat down with Harold back in January when I was in Belize. So I was with him in his clinic. And so uh, in the recording, I sound I sound kind of weird. You can hear what I'm saying, but I do sound kind of weird. And that's because we were sharing a microphone and we were wearing face masks and it was weird. Um, he is a physiotherapist. I was in his clinic when we were recording, and he is also an onagle, which means that he is a messenger. And 
we sat with him and he told us his story and he dropped some gems and it was really cool. Mm -hmm. So you were saying that you want to heal like him? I feel like the older I get, the more that I, it's becoming clear to me that that's my calling. Mm. And he's the first healer that I've met that I, I don't know him personally, but I know him enough. Like he's my chiropractor and our neighbor. He's our neighbor in Belize City. Yes. So I want to be as skilled, if not more. Well, you have to go to school, man. He's done a lot of training I know. in like the Western world. I'm trying to navigate that space now. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. I need to finish this degree that I'm getting first, though. That's the first thing. And then I can deal and then I can address that. It's funny that you mentioned that because there is a part of the interview where he says that a lot of what he does in terms of healing work doesn't come from school. It comes from what he learned when he was going through his Garifuna spirituality journey. So perhaps that will also be your journey or maybe not. Perhaps. I mean, part of why I'm really excited about sharing people's stories is that there are a lot of commonalities, but also everyone's journey is completely different. Definitely. I wanted to mention two things, two main things that jumped out to me. So in this interview, when he talked about potentially being uh, admitted into a, a psych ward or a mental health institution, I have heard so many stories about that with our people in terms of spirituality that I immediately just felt it in my soul. You know, like, what? that's why I asked the question, like, did you take the pill? Did you take it? <laughs> and if you took it, how was that? How did that affect you? And he said, I didn't take the pill. And I was so overwhelmed with relief <laughs> on his behalf because I know how that can sometimes mess up your, just you become a zombie. The other thing was the healing thing. and. What connected me to Harold was Reiki because I had done a lot of research on Reiki before actually starting university. And I had intended on learning about it here at the, I believe it's the Chinese embassy. In Kingston, Jamaica. In Kingston, yes, in Kingston, Jamaica on Hope Road. But I didn't end up getting around to it. And then I got caught up with school and, you know, I kind of forgot about spirituality for a little bit. <laughs> so naturally, naturally, as you know these things go but hearing him speak about it really brought me back to that and it warmed my heart and I love this conversation I think there is definitely something to be said about using drugs or pills I guess pills are drugs to numb our senses to numb our spiritual senses and I do know a couple members of our family who have told me that they see things but they don't want to so they drink mm. <laughs> and that's their prerogative Definitely. But, um, yeah, and I do know people who have been called and their way of saying no and closing off the spirit world is by drinking and doing drugs and partying and basically rebelling. Sometimes that works out and the spirits leave you alone. Other times you get punished. Yeah. And that is something that we'll go into in another episode. But yeah, he talks about not taking the pills. This episode is called Don't Take the Pills. And 
I hope you, our global listeners, don't take the pills. Don't take the pill. Yeah, don't. I also really like that when he tells about his journey, it's a really long journey. It was not an overnight process. Like he talks about 1996, I think, and how over the years he learned different things and different things became clear. And I think that's definitely something to remember for our listeners who are going through their own journey. It takes years. It takes a lot of time. And this is definitely something that I didn't like to hear back in the day. But patience, patience, patience in the journey and that the people who need to, the people who will help you will come. And what's also really cool, which I kind of envy for him, Harold had a lot of support and guidance Mm -hmm. in his journey. He names a lot of different people who helped at different points in his life. And I think that's really cool. I think he's really lucky because, yeah, because, you know, hopefully you all have heard the first episode where we talk about our journey and how we didn't know nothing about nothing. And then boom, we had to figure it out. And he talks about how he had his cousin and he had his family friend and he had, you know, people in his in his social village who were able to hold him and explain. And so he didn't take the pills, but also he had people around him to say, no, nah, you're not crazy. This is what it is in our culture. Hopefully this podcast will be that for people. Mm, that's the hope. Can I ask you something? So you're not an Onagale, but... <laughs> you sometimes receive messages do you think it does it get easier or does it just become manageable i hadn't initially intended on asking this question no it's fine it's it's interesting that you asked me that because i had made a note about talking about it he talks about meditation and how it helps you to hear and it helps you to hear what the ancestors are trying to tell you right he talks about specifically he talks about a garifuna meditation which is interesting It's interesting because he talks about meditation and hearing messages. And part of why I really got into yoga is that after a yoga practice, I hear things and I do hear messages. Does it get easier? I mean, fortunately, I'm not woken up in the middle of the night anymore. And I was in the beginning. I remember that. Yeah. These days, it's after a yoga practice. It's when I have space to receive i think when you do activities that put you in a meditative state and this can be like washing the dishes you know you can you can kind of zone out when you're washing the dishes or even when you're driving you can kind of zone out doing yoga doing meditation um maybe when you're on a walk the kind of activities that clear your mind that that puts you in a state where you can receive from the other side i think many people have this but i'm sure more people there are some who are more inclined to this gift (laughs) than others some Um, people who are on that frequency yeah and it's interesting the nature of receiving messages he receives messages and other onagle receive messages to share with people and i receive messages for myself although the messages that i receive in song i believe are for the world they are for the world i don't know it's you know i'm still understanding (laughs) what my role is in terms of that garifuna framework but it doesn't freak me out anymore at this point at this point it's like a knock on the door of my mind 
and I know, okay, let me sit down and write this down. And I always have a paper and pen with me, always, because I'm a songwriter, so songs come. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I don't yes, know. Yes, you did. Oh. Yes, you did. I love that, a knock on the door of your mind. That's beautiful. I'm going to write a poem about it. I'll get back to you. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> so, y'all listen to this episode with Harold. It's fairly short, but he dropped a lot of information that I wasn't expecting. We weren't expecting him to say all of the things that he said. He talked about the hierarchy of spirits. He talked about Garifuna energy healing, which I believe are two things that need to be a whole episode separately. I was like, whoa, what? And y'all will hear it. <laughs> he also gives really great advice for people who are trying to understand Garifuna and Garifuna Ness. One thing I do want to do, um, some vocab for our global listeners. He talks about Labuga, a place. He talks about going to Labuga from Belize. Labuga is the Garifuna word for Livingston, Guatemala. That is a Garifuna town in Guatemala. It is about an hour boat ride from Punta Gorda, which is a town in Belize. And our village, Barranco Village, I think it's about half an hour. <laughs> Barranco is so far south that we're not far. So he talks about Lubuga. He also talks about the Dabuyaba. And the Dabuyaba, if you haven't listened to our previous episode with Baba Roy, is the Garifuna Temple. So I always explain to my students here in Spain that the Christians go to a church and the Jews go to a synagogue and the Muslims go to a mosque. And we don't call those different temples like, I don't know, we don't call them temples. We call them the name that they have in their culture. Yeah, we call them the name that it's called. But in Garifuna, some people, some people call the Dabuyaba temple and that's fine. But the proper name is Dabuyaba. Also, please remember to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. You know, share it with your auntie. Share it with your cousin. Share it with your best friend. Share it with your neighbor who's like, where are you from? (laughs) Share it with your mama. Share it. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So sit down. Get comfortable. This conversation is short and sweet but impactful. Tune in and enjoy. Kylie. Can you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? I'm Harold Zuniga. I'm from Belize. Originally, I'm from Punta Gorda, Belize. I was born in Barranco, Belize. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an official Barangona, but a lot of the Barangonas look at me and they say, oh, you were only born here. You didn't grow <laughs> up here, so you can't class yourself as Barangona. Mm. <laughs> well, that's what I've I been it doing. it's a special thing. I've been doing that my whole life. I... <laughs> Yeah. And I wasn't even born there. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what was it like growing up Garifuna in PG then? It was great. However, I didn't, I got to learn the Garifuna that I spoke back mm-hmm. then from my mother. Because my, yes, because my father um, worked in the Indian villages. So I learned, I, I would say I learned to speak Kekchi before I learned to speak Garifuna. Because I grew up in a Kekchi village, Aguacate, you know. Ah. 
So um, I would get to people and they would ask me something in Garifuna and I would go like, what? You know, but, you know, eventually I could, um, I could speak, you know, I could relate to what they were saying and everything else, but I still couldn't speak it. My, um, eventually between my aunts and cousins from Barranco and um, my friends from Hopkins and going across to Labuga, that's how I learned Garifuna. Uh-huh. Did growing up in a Keche village change or influence how you viewed yourself as Garifuna? No, no, because I I could understand everything that my fam that my family spoke. Mm-hmm. You know, at home, you're at, at home, when my father got ang would get angry at me back then. That's the only time he would speak um, Garifuna. Otherwise, it was in Queen's English, because he was a school teacher, right? You know. Yeah. So then. Did you always know about Garifuna spirituality? Did your parents believe? Did your family believe? My father always spoke of Garifuna spirituality from I was very young. He always spoke of Garifuna spirituality. My mother always spoke of Garifuna spirituality as as I grew up, as I grew older. She always spoke of, you know, you have to um, add to the... um, Aharino and to to the ancestors Mm -hmm. or to my... She would talk about her dead mother or her um, dead grandmother that she needed to put down, you know, cake around Christmas. Or if it was All Souls Day, she would go to the grave and leave something there. And it's something that um, it's sort of common because Hispanics do the same Mm -hmm. thing, you know. And then when I lived in the States, when I studied how what Thanksgiving was all about, I said, but... Just like what we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's similar. Yeah. So when did you have your first personal encounter with Garifuna spirituality? I had my first um, encounter, personal encounter with Garifuna spirituality because I had already seen in PG where they would have Dugu and Chugu and Mali and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would see it and I would say, oh, yeah, they just making an excuse to eat up and drink, <laughs> you know. And so I was in Canada in 1995, 96, thereabouts. And it was snowing outside and I saw, well, it was like I was between sleep and wake and this lady came and sat on my bed, you know. Oh. It was like between sleep and wake. And, um, and she said, there are some people, some people came to look for you. And I said, some people? I said, I said, it's snowing outside. Come on, you know, I need to sleep. <laughs> and then it was as if though I got up and I looked through the window in this dream. Uh-huh. And I saw a lady standing outside in her Garifuna outfit. In the snow? In the snow. <laughs> and I said, but to myself, my presence of mind was, she needs a coat <laughs> at least. You know, she needs a coat. And so this lady that was sitting on my bed said um, something like, okay, we, ha- we, are, we want you to know that you are a gift from your grandmother. Then I, I had already heard that from my aunt growing up, that my aunt had given me to my mother in a dream 
because I was born when my mom was about 48 years old and my pop was 62 or something like that. And I thought one of my professors used to make a joke about it in college in the States. He said, um, you're lucky you probably have um, Down syndrome as a recessive trait or something like that, you know, because you know, it's not normal, you know, for a child to be born to a couple that of that age, that, you know. And so after that one encounter, I found myself drifting more and more. And there was this one time um, I was at a clinic in Toronto. And at the clinic in Toronto, this um, lady started speaking to me about, um, about having spiritual encounters. And I said, oh, I said, but um, I said, I'm Garifuna. And every now and again, I keep seeing these people. You know, I keep seeing these people in my dreams and these people are praying and clapping hands and they, they're singing. Or but they're, only in your dreams at that point? Only in my dreams. Then I came home. I was home in Belize after that. And after I got home, I'd say in early 2000, early 2000, I was in Belize when I started hearing stuff. I started hearing things and I started hearing like this old lady speaking to me. In Garifuna? In Garifuna. Um, by then, I already knew how to speak Garifuna and I could handle myself and I could even sing in Garifuna, right? You know, because Mary Castillo from Hopkins made sure that I learned, <laughs> you know. And there were a few other people, a few other people that um, spoke to me, like um, my nephew. Um, well, he always calls me uncle, so I say he's, he's my nephew, but really and truly, he's my cousin, um, Laureano Zuniga. Mm -hmm. Laureano Zuniga, um, also known as Kabuli, spent a lot of time with me, and he would visit, and he would talk to me, and he would tell me, you know, old Garifuna would say this like this, and mm. knew, well, nowadays, you would find somebody naming something in Spanish or calling the name in English or something like that. But he said, this is how you say this word. This is how you do this. A cigarette is called this. A drink is called that and so on and so forth. And then I spoke to him about these voices. And he told me that the voices were people actually trying to get in touch with me from the other side. I say, other side away. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, no, it's ancestral. You know, these people are people who have passed and they want you to get the messages. So he said, um, you have to relax. You have to learn to meditate. And I had learned to meditate, but learned to meditate like yoga type of meditation <laughs> and things like that. So getting into Garifuna meditation is similar you just have to relax and calm down and slow your breathing and you will you will hear what these people actually want you to hear and, and so um, it took some it took a little time it took a little time but then I got into it and then I started learning herbs mm. herbal ba herbal bathing so hold up, hold up. there stuff. wasn't a point where you were freaked out yes of course because can you imagine you keep hearing these things, you start thinking, I actually went for counseling. Okay. <laughs> okay. I went for counseling in the States and I went for counseling here. I asked, um, 
uh, there was this one doctor I asked if he sees anybody around me because these people are always around me so I said I said there must be something wrong with my head so this guy instead of telling me something like um, you know there's no one around him he said well I'm going to give you some pills you know I'm going to give you some pills that will help to relax you maybe you're working too much you know or you know just see what happens when you take the pills and if it doesn't go away then you need to get heavier medicine you know so I said well that's a crazy horse then that they, that's that's what we used to say when a crazy horse or you're going to Rockview Hospital I had worked at Rockview Hospital when I was younger as a nurse and so I said going to Rockview Hospital come on I'm going to go there and then just because I hear these voices I said there must be something else that's going on and so um, Kabul who is Laureano Zuniga made me understand that there was more to what I was hearing that I just had to put myself into into what I was hearing and listen and do what they were telling me to do and but I didn't take the pills if I had taken the pills I'd probably be a zombie by now or <laughs> something good. like that I was going to ask what happened when you took the pills but you didn't take the pills so that's good no 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 <laughs> I didn't take the pills because I had people who explained to me what was going on that's good you know you had context yeah people to intervene mm -hmm. people intervene yeah. so then that was the same time so then through your guidance with other people that was when you realized you were being called or was that a different experience the calling took place around then but formal calling took place in 20, 2010 between 2010 and 2013 when I headed up a group from Belize that went to do the the tribute to the Garifuna ancestors in Chowecha mm. okay so before the formal calling you started learning herbs I started learning herbs that was around the same time yeah from Laureano okay. you know he would say well this medicine does this this medicine helps babies who, ha who have been affected by evil spirits and then um, there were people like um, Juan Carlos from Labuga who would explain to me and my brother my, my dearly departed brother Valentin who would explain to me that there's a spiritual hierarchy in, in Garifuna mm. you know that you have you have um, Ahari you have um, okay first of all you have Hilali that's a dead person, right? Regular, you know, dead, person. regular dead person. <laughs> then eventually that Hilali becomes um, Afurugu. Afurugu is a spirit, any spirit. Then you have um, Agayuma. Agayuma is a bad spirit. And then you have um, Pantu. Pantu is a ghost or a wandering spirit. Um, and then there's um, Winanu. Mm -hmm. Winanu is a spirit that changes shape and form. Mm. Can it can appear like a like a extremely tall guy, or it can appear as an animal, or something like that. Mm. And I had to learn all this because when I really got, and I guess this was preparing me for when I got to see stuff and hear stuff and do stuff in the temples then I got to understand that you know what it is bigger than I thought you know so so then um, 
I also got got the sense that um, Garifuna belief and Garifuna Dugu and Shugu and everything else is tied in with the Catholic faith because Catholic prayers are used or Christian prayers are used to help the crossing over of the um, of the of the dead of or of the dearly departed. Okay, so you've accepted your calling. I'm assuming you're comfortable with your calling. Yeah. So how do you heal people? I mean, I know like you're a masseuse. I'm a physical therapist. I do alternative medicine in form of Chinese medicine. Mm. And I also do some form of energy work. Mm. The really? right oh. pranic healing. Oh. I do pranic healing um, from the pranayama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do pranic healing and I heal with energy too, my own energy, you know. And there's a interesting form of Garifuna energy healing. Yeah, that, yeah, there's an interesting form of Garifuna energy healing that has to do with something similar to, it has a basis similar to Reiki. Mm -hmm. You provide energy and you kind of smooth in the energy by like tender little like massage type of movement and you flick, like you're flicking away it's all the bad vibes, right? You know, but it is used and it is used by some of the Buyas quite a lot. I know that what I've learned so far, mm -hmm. um, a lot of what I've learned and what I do to heal people comes not, not from schooling, like, like physical therapy that I learned mm -hmm. comes from school. You know, you go from university to that university and learn concepts. This thing doesn't have, it has concept of energy. The concept of, is cleanse and energize. It's cleanse and energize. And you get rid of a lot of the bad energy by the use of things like salt water. You know, like um, a couple of times I've met people who've complained of like, oh, I have severe headaches and I just feel like blah. I tell them that's easy to fix. I say, how you, how you fix that? I have this long time and I got a doctor and I take so much pills. Get in, this, get in salt water. A lot of a lot of our temples, a lot of Garifuna temples are right by the sea for the said reason that spiritual bathing has to do with um, energized water, which is water that is put into sunlight or the sea. Use salt, then you use energized water to bathe. That way it gets you back to normal. Along with using aromatic um, leaves like wayuri. Mm -hmm. How do you take care of yourself? How do you restore yourself? I do I do take baths myself. Yeah. And you have a lot of stuff, even coffee. You can even bathe with coffee. Oh. Yeah, try it one of these days. Okay. Because remember as a they scrub? have you mean as a how, how 
you after if you if you draw a certain amount of coffee mm -hmm. to drink you take a little bit of that coffee let's say whatever is left in the pot pour that into a bucket or into a, a bowl that you're going to bathe out of and you pour water and add a little bit of salt instead of sugar or honey and you bathe with that and you'll feel the energy Whoa. try it okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um did you ever think spirituality would be a significant part of your life no no i was military oh i was military. really i thought I thought I go in and I would jump out of thing. <laughs> oh, this one, yeah. Oh, this one, yeah. And, you know, and, I'm, and it's going to be like that. I'll be like G.I. Joe, right? You know? <laughs> but no. That was not it. No, that was not it. <laughs> I ended up doing something entirely different. Yeah. What advice would you give to people who are struggling with their spiritual journey or searching for Garfunanes? You don't have to search for Garfunanis. People in Lucernia do. People who live abroad, I mean. You don't have to. Mm. It will come. It comes to you. Mm. The, the um, ancestors come and they knock on your door. And when you know, they knock on your door, they mean business. Yeah. Remember, one of the first things that I learned is that they told me that they don't have passport and they don't have visa, but there, I remember this little old lady says, spirit. She's a spirit. Spirit. Oh. You know. So, but she's trying to speak English because, you know, she thought that that is what I would, I would recognize. Um, and a lot of our dearly departed are very sound in their beliefs before they pass. Mm -hmm. So that they, they guide you. And they're the best spirit guides you can have. You know, so there's no need to fear. No, no need to fear. They will come. And as a matter of fact, sometimes the people that are looking for enlightenment from the ancestors are not the ones that the ancestors choose. They choose their grandchildren or their children. And remember that the ancestors now are also have also mixed with some of the recently dearly departed who know about texting and computers and all this stuff. And you'd be shocked to know that one of the reasons why you can't communicate with somebody is because they have a greater message to send to you or something like that. And it's, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I remember even with um, going to Dangriga to do a meeting with, the, with Abuye down there and with my group that used to, we used to meet at St. Martin's Parish here in Belize City. I remember going down to Dangriga there was this one time I said, I really can't go to Dangriga. I don't have one red cent in my pocket and I have to buy gas, I have to buy food, I have to make sure that people got something, we have to buy candles, we have to carry holy water, we have to, we have to, we have to. And what happened? It was provided. It was provided, you know, um, because it's like this field of dreams concept, if you build it, we will come. Just like with building the Dabuyaba, if you build a Dabuyaba and you keep it clean and so on, the spirits will come. And that's how our ancestors work. And I've noticed too that even when I was going to Labuga, um, we were supposed to all go on the same passage and all of us were supposed to reach there at a certain time and everything else. 
even that when you make up your mind or when the spirits decide that you're supposed to be somewhere you're going to get there i have seen myself when i went to meet with um fermin and mariano and sinambre um esti um i remember the saturday i only had saturday and sunday to do it and i was here in belize city the friday and i said i'm not going to the keys and i don't feel like working today so i because i work for myself i just i said okay i put a couple pieces of clothes into my backpack and i said i'm going to see if i can get a pass and i got a pass to go to pg for free from tropic air I paid like $7 to with the airport exit tax or something like that, some kind of tax. And I ended up in PG, got the boat to go across to Labuga, and I was in Labuga by the, before nightfall, you know. So it's, if you, when they call on you, just get ready. Mm. So the people, whoever is waiting for a call or whoever wants to get into it, can get into it, but don't anticipate don't anticipate and don't be anxious anxiously waiting for the spirit to take you or for the spirit to or to be possessed or something like that because it's not everyone that goes into the Dabuyaba that gets possessed either mm. it's if there's someone in your family who wants to get in touch with you yeah. or you've done somebody a low or something like that then you got to be ready because karma works in mm -hmm. there too Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to add to tell our listeners that you didn't get to say? Okay. Um, keep an open mind. Mm. Keep an open mind and a willing heart. Hey. And always bless people. Always give people love, you know, and kindness. Love is the key. That's something that's not so common with a lot of the modern day Garinago, right? You know, they, they tend to want to keep people at arm's length and kind of scrutinize you and put you under a microscope don't do That's that learned behavior. always bless people bless the earth bless each other tell people when they give you something sereme even not even if they don't give you anything always try to make sure that you thank god for them mm. you know because it's powerful it's powerful. It's so powerful that I've seen grown men. And then that's the other thing that some of the, the messages are passed through the grandchildren. I've seen a, a grandchild to somebody in New York that never doesn't even know about Garifuna. Has never spoken Garifuna all his life, but he gives a message, a clear message in, in the best Garifuna ever. So this thing transcends, you know. So it might not come out in you, the person that's waiting for the message, but it will come out in your grandchild or in your child. That's the way how it is. And not because, not because you think that you're hardcore Garifuna, that you'll get touched or you'll be called. We're all mixed up right now. So they have Gyo and they have people that have had kids with, with Germans and so on. And they, when the spirit comes, it manifests itself in your child and maybe the child only speaks German, but it starts start speaking Garifuna, you know? <laughs> That's a very good point that I want to talk to 
another guest about because there is this idea that you have to be fully loaded Garifuna, no. 100% no. speaking no. in order to access spirituality. No. Garinagu, because of how Garinagos are, we are a race of people that have transcended and have been like this real um, go-getter type of society. And so, because we've traveled so far and we've done so many things and, and we've survived all this time, you can find Garinagos in every hole in the world, you know. Um, I remember I was in, where was this place? I remember sitting at the airport in Seattle, Washington, and this guy, you know, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Garcia. He's from Dangriga. He works with some phone company up there or something like that. I look at him and say, why would you tell you the door? It's cold. <laughs> I found a cousin here at school. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And the thing is, she was introduced to me just as a Belizean, but we were at a party when I met her. It was loud. It was outside. This was a year ago. Um, and she, I looked at her and I just knew. I was like, oh my God, you're Garifuna and you're my cousin. But I didn't know it for sure yet. I spoke to her the next day. Yeah. I messaged her and she was like, oh, I'm from Barranco and Hopkins. And I was like, "Yeah, your uh -huh. family. That's it. <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said, the feel of dreams thing, man. You know, if you build it, they will come, you know. And um, we are a people that have transcended. And it got so interesting to me that we're all, we have so many mixtures, even from the past. Not all the Garinago people were dumped out in Honduras. There were some that went to Nicaragua. There were some that ended up probably as far away as Puerto Limon, Costa Rica. You know, there were some Caribs, the island Caribs used to travel a lot. Yeah. So island Caribs went all the way to Dominican Republic and Cuba. You know, if you listen to the rhythm of the music that these people play, if you see how these people are, most of my spiritual um, growth took place with Santeria and um, all the Orishas and so on. I got to learn about that before I actually got into Garifuna though, because I couldn't figure it out and I was trying to figure out what's going on and then I went to visit my friend in Dominican Republic and the first thing this guy does is throw a white, a set of white clothes at me He say, we're going to the river, you have to get yeah. cleansed. I said, what? I said, I thought we were coming to drink yeah. for the weekend. <laughs> get my drink on. <laughs> Gotta get clean first. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah. That's beautiful. Santeria has a lot of similarities. It does. Yes, it does. It does. Okay, so our last question to you. Okay. Ebu Harold. Not Ebu Is Ebu and Buya the same thing? That's no. not the last question, there's, by the way. <laughs> there's, That's not the last question. There's a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And Buya and Ebu have different the, meanings. The topmost guy is the Sinambre. He oversees the Buye, who is a priest healer. The Ebu, the Ebu is the person who holds court, in other words. Mm. You know? Okay. And then below them, there's the Onagale, who's a messenger. And then there will be like people like um, Idehapti. 
people that help in the Dabuya but to do certain things. Like lay ministers? Yeah, similar. Like church? Yeah, and then you have people um, like the ones that prepare the food. Mm-hmm. Or you got people that the kill the pigs. You have Gayusa. You have the drummers, Afrati, Garao. And then you have people that are there because they want to be able to influence the people that are going through their trans state or whatever the case might be. Okay. You know, and all of these people are idiotic. Uh, and then I would be classed as a messenger of light or a me- the person who brings the message to the Dabuyaba. Because there are different kinds of Onagale. messengers, right? Uh-huh. Different kinds of onogale. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Vale, the last question. Uh-huh. What does it mean to you to be Garifuna? It is, it, before it just, it just meant I'm Garifuna, I'm special. You know, but over the years, I've learned that Gar- Garifuna and Garifuna duo has a very, very deep and very rooted um it's very rooted um form of of being you know when you're garifuna you understand the language you understand the culture you understand the people as much as like i said before that there's a lot of play games with a lot of the new garinago right you know you know they they always look at you and say what can you try to play I better than he, or I better than this one, or I bet no one is better than anybody else, you know. Even if you wear gold slippers and have marble floors in there in your house, you know, you're not better than anybody else. I'll always go in a hole at the end, unless if you get cremated. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And this is something that we have to remember and just live with it. Um, you have to understand your culture, you have to understand your traditions, and you have to still keep loyal to your culture and traditions. That's that's the main thing about being a Rifana. While also evolving? Yeah. And it evolves. And we transcend and we're going further yet. You've been listening to Garifuna Sisters Talk Spirituality with me, Kylie Simone, and my sister, Feroza Cayetano, with our featured guest, Harold Senegal. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend and show them how to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Garifuna Sisters Podcast, and you can email us at garifunasisters at gmail.com. This is an ongoing conversation, so feel free to send us any questions or comments through the Anchor app or dropping us a message through our email or social media. Until next time, Bungyo Boma!